podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. You are listening to Good Brothers. Please take the best part for yourself. Peace. Peace. I'm Majestic. My brother, Justice Raji. What's happening? What's happening, man? It's it's um it's it's today. It's right now. <laughs> um, and I figure, you know, so we're gonna jump in with um I mean I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come right out the gate, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> throwing stones. It is clear for some people that your mans could have rode through the Capitol insurrection with a, you know, whatever whatever slogan would be tied to them people wiling out and attacking, you know, federal property and assaulting police officers and destroying scaffolding and security infrastructure. <clears throat> he could have ran through there with a MAGA hat and a, you guys are doing great. You know what I'm saying? Banner on his back. And they still wouldn't have convicted him. They said, ah, well, you know, he was just, you know what I'm saying? He was just rallying. I mean, you know, please don't really make us convict him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. is basically their energy. Like, look, um, we really don't want to do this, even though, you know what I mean? We, we talk tough talk around, you know, law enforcement and safety and blah, blah, blah. When it gets down to the brass tax of it, all of that only really matters if we don't need you <laughs> for our purposes and goals. And I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, low key, high key, all the keys. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Folks of that, uh, of that variety, you know, they should be embarrassed. They won't be because it's not convenient for them, but they should be. Like, they should look at this and go, damn, man, I'd be out here talking this law and order stuff and like folks literally stormed a federal property and like destroyed stuff and killed a active like a police officer at his job like while he was being a police officer not like a theoretical police officer not like a person they found out later was a police officer not like we accidentally did something and a police officer died they assaulted a police officer and then as was revealed which was not revealed you know as much i thought in earlier coverage like mad other police officers got like hit with metal rods, oh, yeah, banisters yeah. and boards and they pieces took them of shit. To war. Yeah, they took them to like, war. like you know, you know. On one hand, knowing, so I'm gonna stop there so you can share your your first thought. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, to your point. Uh, so I guess your point is clear that essentially he could have done more, and they still would have acquitted him. But I think that speaks to that they are that those Republicans are in absolute fear of the people in their party. Like they are in fear of the of the uh, 
of the you know Republican Party members, their base. Now, I think there's two ways to have a conversation about you should honor and respect your base. But if your base is insane, <laughs> I think you have another question, right? <laughs> so right. And so we're so what we're doing is in the political space being like, well, you know, they had to do it because of the base. But when I ask the question, like, why does the base believe uh, flat out lies? And what is your responsibility as a leader? Because you're one of only 50 senators in the country. Right. What is your responsibility to have your citizens that you represent not full out buy into lies? Right. And full out buy into stuff to think that it wasn't worth the wasn't worth being him being impeached. Mm hmm. So, so for me, it's like a, wow, y'all really are controlled by this base to the point where you won't even make rational decisions and you come up with legal theories that are shoddy at best mm-hmm. of why you can't do it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for me, it's just like, okay. And, and we talked about it at length, but I think it really bears mentioning they have entire television shows and entire platforms dedicated to telling people shit that isn't true. Yeah. That they, and, they, they, they and like, we're not on them. Because we're not like, on them, we don't think that's as big as it is, right? Right. You know what I mean? Like we got like doc, we got Umar, Dr. Umar and shit. <laughs> like imagine, like imagine <laughs> if Dr. Umar had like a platform. By which millions of people literally took everything he said right. and was like, "Yo, it's a go." Like, yo, you, 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 you can't, you can't get elected if if Umar ain't down with you. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> she wanted her cookies crushed. Oh uh, man, did you watch that cookie school? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I, I didn't even know where that came from. I just like, word up, Doctor Umar. I mean. You sort of ain't lying, you know what I mean? But we, we you know, I don't want to really, you know what I mean? Like, that's a personal thing. That's like some deeper levels of, of intimacies and whatnot of people's dynamics, you know what I'm saying? But it's hilarious that that is what you got on the internet and decided to say. Now, imagine if he if he was that, if that same individual, and and, and this ain't no slight on, on Dr., you know, Dr. Umar, at least not for that necessarily, but <laughs> right, if right, Umar right. and whatever Umar had to say meant, that like like literally you can't you might not win your senate position which is one of the hardest right. things to win in american politics and that is like yo we can't you know like we got to bring umar to the conferences and we got to like we got to ask umar but i ain't saying it would be a bad thing it would definitely be interesting if umar had that kind of cool <laughs> but it would be also like Yo, like Ra- you know. rational people would say, "Hold on, dog. Like, what's <laughs> up? Like, I, and I ain't this ain't this ain't no bash Umar because I honestly think the people that he's listening to is they're like worse than him. I think he's just funny yeah, at this point. He at this point he's more like funny. Like you, you take the time to get on the internet, you be sweating and shit, and then talk about <laughs> some of the cook, cook, cookies, cookies. And, and you know what I'm saying, holding knives up and shit like, but. So, but I mean, even going back to it, like, you have entire platforms that this information is told to them over and over and over 24 7. Right. Right. Like, that is not an accident and that is dangerous. Right. And as much as, and I'm going to say this from my perspective, as much as 
Donald Trump is guilty morally and practically, as Mitch McConnell said. <laughs> he is morally and practically responsible for it. The platforms that tell these people lies that convince them to come January 6th and even think about doing it is equally as responsible, if not more. Right? Because they were already primed to do whatever. See, you see what I'm saying? It wasn't like Donald Trump convinced them. Right, right. Again, these, these, these are the same folks who believe that Barack Obama is not from America. Right. And, 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 and think that people are hiding children in the bottom of pizza right. restaurants. And by the bottom of pizza restaurants, like that, Hillary Clinton's family is hiding pe- children in the bottom of pizza restaurants. So, like, yeah. So, for me, I guess the impeachment, the, that idea to then scared senators to then taking votes that are irresponsible in the in you know the annals of history all lend itself to the very tenuous conditions of American civil society. And I would say I think the fact that President Biden and Vice President Harris won and people might get some checks in the next couple of weeks, people might go back to being comfortable about stuff because they feel like it's returned to normalcy. Right, right, right. But, like, there's nothing normal here. Even if normal shit is happening, (laughs) it ain't a normal situation. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's it's a couple, one thing that pulled out, um, the, uh, the Cassidy, I think it's his name, from North Carolina, was just like, Look, I looked at the stuff and I said he was wrong. So I voted that way. <laughs> like, it is that. Like, he didn't even vote for the impeachment. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. he was a surprise. Like, yo, um, I looked at the data and I said, yo, this is this. We can't, we can't be about no one person. Like, this ain't cool. Like, the idea. It's as if the idea that you could you could again come to a conclusion based on facts and not just that all all facts that don't fit with your viewpoint are to be reframed as not facts. You know what I'm saying? Which is right. what we where where we're at right now. You know what I mean? Where we've been for a minute, but definitely where we're at right now. Where it's like, oh, I don't really like you know. Please don't show me the evidence. You know, I guess as as I shared a you know an article with some economists speaking on the, the theory of trickle down economics. And for all my conservative brothers and sisters, here, here's where we derivate from you in terms of like when you, when you do the like, oh, you can't even have a difference in perspective. We can have a difference in perspective about the, the, the efficacy of trickle down economic theory, because ultimately, mm-hmm. like it doesn't, you know, although, you know, we could get into, you know, the, 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 how the philosophy could have, you know, maybe, you know, serious negative outcomes for people. But ultimately, you tried to convince nine-year-old me that by giving, by giving more people, letting rich people keep more of their money, somehow they would magically do stuff with it that eventually it would still help me. And I, and I laughed. I said, <laughs> word, for real, rich people, they're going to, because we didn't tax them, they're going to magically put that money out. No, nobody's going to do that. They're going to invest the money and make more money. 
There's no incentive to, we're going to invest and they're going to start more businesses. Why? Why would they start more businesses that might lose all that money? If you had a whole lot of money to get taxed and then I told you, hey, guess what? We got this whole system, this economic theory that says we're not going to take your money. We're going to let you like invest it more or something. You know what I'm saying? And do all kinds of complicated stock options and twits and stuff and, and invest, you know, do all these things to hopefully where your money will make more money, but you will not actually have to do anything nor do much, you know, additional work. Oh, yeah. Sign me up if I'm already wealthy. Like, you know, right. it, 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 it's, it's like I'm glad that, you know, some diligent economists have taken time to to research it and go, yeah, this obviously this clearly is not actually causing economic expansion or benefit <laughs> people at the bottom of the economic ladder. You know what I'm saying? But nine year old justice was like, yeah, that, that don't sound like that's going to help nobody. But the people that already got money. But that's cool. You know, economics and, and, and everybody else that's down with that movement. Right. So we can derivate on whether that's, uh, you know, good or not good, because ultimately, you know, I still have to live in, you know, the other conditions of life, which may be challenging, are not act- actively going. Yeah, actually, it's totally cool if you bust his head open if he disagrees with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or saying, you know, like I said, they are <laughs> the people who are Democrats are kidnapping children and sucking their blood. Like you have people that y'all want to vote for them, right? And they, they think this. And you don't openly tell them, yo, that's, that's not true. There are no lizard people. Also, you know what I'm saying? The pyramids were totally built by the Egyptians. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you could tell you, like, respect your people enough to have, to say, like, listen, I understand your, your, your passion and love for the country, but a line was crossed. Right. <laughs> this was too, like, you, you... You, if if Nancy Pelosi had been in her office, someone would have hurt her. Oh, actual fact. Yeah, I'm saying like let's 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 keep it 100. If she was in her office, someone would have hurt her. If you you name it, Democratic senator, and probably some other ones, they may be like, well, we don't know what type of senator they is, so let's just beat them up. Like they would have been hurt. Yeah, I'm saying and to to do this whole song and dance where we act like, well, you know it could have went other ways or it wasn't as bad as it looked like it's just, it's just disrespectful. And it's, it's like, you know, at some point, you know, I like to say when someone is clearly showing you, they just don't respect you. You just go, okay, thank you. Now I know that you don't respect me. So let me, let me stop having this thing where I act like we're having a respectful (laughs) discussion because we're not. Yeah. Because it's not. And so I just think it's, you know, with the impeachment it's just a broader challenge to really look at the core of the issue. I think people can get caught up in the senators voting and Trump being Trump, but it's really about like you have millions of people who think things that just fundamentally aren't true and you can't use facts to convince them otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And, and, and so it's not like, well, you shut down all the ways that they would still think these things, they're still out there. Right. And they will continue to, and they'll go out of sight. I mean, actually, where I kind of agree with some conservatives, like you think taking them off of Twitter or shutting down some of these some of these platforms will make them not communicate. Right. They're going to keep talking. They're going to keep talking. They're just going to do it in places where it's going to be out of sight. Right. And so, you know, obviously it was it was crazy. You knew that they wasn't going to impeaching, but then seeing that they weren't going to impeaching. And then, like I said, the, the specious legal argument that you can't impeach him because he's not in office <laughs> where it's like 
No, you can impeach him and just say you're impeaching for crimes he committed while he was in office. That's like saying (laughs) I can't charge you with a crime in Ohio because he's a Pennsylvania now. (laughs) He's a Pennsylvania. He ain't even right, like the, you, can't, you can't charge me with nothing happened in the house once I leave the house. <laughs> I, ain't not, I ain't inside no more. Can't ask me about nothing in the house. Yeah, like, I'm not saying. I'm saying I'm down the block. You know that by the time you was 12, that didn't work. Right. <laughs> I'm at the package store. You Yeah, like okay, I'm not in school, but I did something in school, so you can't get me until you can't really blame me for it because I'm not in school no more. Like, what are you talking about? They'll lock your ass up. So, you know, the, the argument was specious. Um, you know, and I think Biden kind of in, intelligently, at least from a big P political perspective, is like, listen, man, I'm gonna just stay low and keep firing here because there's nothing I can really win right, on right. on it, right? I think people you know always want a president to take the like moral high ground since we have such a low bar, but generally speaking, I think it was smart for him just to say, listen, man, I'm over here trying to get you y'all checks. I don't have time to, I don't have time to talk about that. Right, right. And I'm going to let y'all handle that, and I'm going I'm to get to work on this first 100 days stuff and, you know what I mean, make sure make sure I got something to show for this time frame. I mean, I think on the positive side, now that it's a wrap, you know what I mean, maybe, you know, folks can, you know, while the, the Democratic Democrats have, um, you know, the majority in these different things, man, they need to bang out as much as they can bang out. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, all right, that's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? We now y'all get down. Let's let's move on to, yeah. you know what I'm saying, this other work and um and, and not be not be sucked into an ongoing conversation about, well, should they have done the impeachment? Should they not have done the impeachment? What do you mean about the impeachment? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, Democrats love to hand ring and, and, and think about things that happen Ten, 10 years ago over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, you know. Uh yeah, Al Franken should have never resigned. Yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> he did. So Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, there'll be a conversation. Like, should have Al Franken resigned? Like, well, maybe you shouldn't have been acting like he should have resigned when it happened. <laughs> then we wouldn't be having this conversation. But now, years later, you want to look back on it and be like, oh man. I mean, we was we thought we was doing the right thing by making it less, but um, maybe we, yeah, maybe you should have stuck to your should have said what he did was you know whatever he did was not cool, and he should face whatever ethics sanctions and sanctions. That's you know right. what I'm saying are required, yeah. but ultimately the larger, broader the other things, there was still opportunity for redemption. As I like to say, you, uh, you know, you could do something dishonorable today. And, you know, depending on what it was, I mean, you can't be like Darth Vader where you kill youngins and kids and shit. But, you know, what I mean, you can uh, <laughs> you can be redeemed without having to kill Emperor Palpatine and get back. You know, I mean, you can just get back in here and, and do some good legislating. But, you know, we we as a as a country, we still and I would say non-conservatives fall victim to this more of the perfect person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Issue where it's like, no, nah, everybody probably got something that if you really got into the weeds on them, yeah, you know, it may not be like wrong necessarily, but it'd be kind of, oh, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, right. that's, that's an interesting choice that they made that time in their life. You know what I'm saying? And and the reality is, I mean, really being even being in community with people is 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 playing that balancing game and that that balancing scales of like who they are in totality. And then also though, in the, in the total sum of things, is it best to eject them from our world 
based on, you know, whatever transgressions they made, or is it better to have them, you know, let's have you stay around, maybe you a little bit more quiet <laughs> for the, for the mm-hmm. next, next two years. You know what I'm saying? Or you, you know, you go, you got to go do some work down at the community center. You know what I mean? And then you get to come and be more active, you know, in the future, you know, but the, the general idea that, that we have the, the privilege and the, and the liberty, like to just exit people, like, you know what I mean? Like those people don't, when you kick people out and you put people on the island, they don't disappear. Like they just go on the island. <laughs> right. Eventually they come back. And, you and, then, the, and then, then the question is, do does that actually make them repent? Mm. Right? Like, does that actually help them get better? And does it actually, you know, work on something that they had personally, which then also allows them to do the thing that you actually sent them for, which was to legislate. Now, that's not to say that it shouldn't be a high bar and you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of moral of moral and what's the name standards. But, you know, those things change over time, too. Right. Like. They're, they're just in, in different communities. People receive stuff differently. So, yeah, I just think uh, Democrats doing too much hand wringing years later in the nation and all kind of uh, magazines <laughs> talking about what if we wouldn't have did this 14 years ago? <laughs> what if we wouldn't have, you know what I mean? What if we wouldn't have sent the photographer to see Gary Hart? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, man. I guess. These what if games are too big for me, man. The Republicans don't do that. They make a mistake. They say we fucked up. They're like, ah. all right. They, they, <laughs> they be like, yo, I got some chocolate ice cream, though. Let's <laughs> just change the subject. Right. Like, yo, look over there, though. Yeah, they got somebody to come home like, yeah, I, I blew the rent money. But um, I do got some ice cream. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Cool? Cool. And to go in the room. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they show little penance. They show far too little hand-wringing for their decisions, as we saw today. But, uh, yeah, man. All right. So, all right. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't really got much else to, to share on that. I, I think I would just say to everybody, you know, Go read the read the things. You watch the the video at some point if you just want to be, you know, just so you don't in your mind have not imprinted that what happened on January sixth was not as bad as it was. You know, just make sure. Oh, you, yeah, you yeah. I mean? it, it, it was still it was still seditious. Yeah, it was still <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, because like, what'll happen? I mean, I mean, it's about seven hundred. Like they said, it's like two hundred cases. In in action that they're pursuing against different people, yeah. um, and just for those that don't know how crime works and crime law enforcement works, you know, typically if you get a federal case, you're in a bad spot because federal yeah. they don't tend to charge unless they got, you know, what I'm saying they got like the rock solid, they got you coming out, the, you know, out the bathroom, stuffing the, the iPhone in your pocket, <laughs> kind of evidence like, oh look look at him, that's you, like you. Like the uh, if you are a Boondocks fan, the uh, my name is uh, Justice Raji. My social security number is <laughs> you know what I'm saying I am totally committing this offense type of evidence. You know, not always, but typically, if you got a federal charge, you in a bad spot in terms of getting off of it. So now a lot of people are gonna probably get misdemeanors. You know, what I'm saying all of them ain't gonna get you know what I mean felonies or you know higher charges. I don't even know you know my, my my deeper self is not necessarily think that that's always the remedy. However, in the present time, if, you know, regular people that I know in our communities could get caught up in a situation and they could face 10, 15 years, then people need to go sit down <laughs> until we until mm-hmm. we change everything else. They need to go sit down, too. 
You know what I'm saying? Because y'all out, they out here pursuing all kinds of complicated, you know, cases against regular people who may do something wrong, but maybe not as wrong as it looks like. You know what I'm saying? And these people were clearly involved in a seditious act and they should, uh, you know, have some time to think about that. And, uh, you know, like the one lady said, I was duped. <laughs> I feel really embarrassed about everything I did. Oh, word. <laughs> you feel embarrassed? Man, don't tell me. Tell me. Too bad, though. Tell to the tell judge. Tell to the judge, ma. <laughs> tell to the judge. So that's all um, I got. Got it, got it. So, so one thing just I was thinking about, as we all can't go nowhere, but I will say, <laughs> shouts out to all the people who never thought they were going to ever go to Puerto Rico, but have been to Puerto Rico in the last six months. Right. I see so many people being like, I want to go somewhere. All right. I think I'll go to Puerto Rico. It's a, it's a, it's an island, but I don't have to leave America. Yeah, yeah. It's been an island that you didn't have to leave America, and, it, and guess what? It was always nice. Right, right. <laughs> the pandemic. You didn't need the pandemic to tell you that Puerto Rico was actually somewhere in America that you could go, and it actually would be nice and with palm trees and stuff. But you know, shouts out to everybody uh, <laughs> in PR right now. PR, PR is the new Dominican new Republic. <laughs> Uh, it's the new Dominican Republic, the new uh, New Mexico, New Cancun, because uh, they didn't they didn't ruin the Miami. So, like I guess they said we got to go somewhere else. Um, but you know, here's the funny thing about this, right? You never hear people being like, you know, where I'm going to go? Naples, Florida. Right. <laughs> you know where I'm gonna go? I'm gonna go to Kissimmee, St. Pete. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like the places you see on the travel commercials, like late at night. You know what I mean? Like the places that you don't like, you take your family to go. Right. Like you don't, and in no way think you're going to have like a men's trip or a, girl, a woman's trip. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you be like, okay, we're we taking the family. We're gonna go to yeah, Kissimmee, St. Pete. Yeah, they go to Water, uh, Water was it a uh, Splash, Splash USA, Splash? I don't even know the name of it no more. The uh, water park. <laughs> yeah, go to the water park. You know what I'm saying? Go to Bush Gardens. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you just don't, you don't even see, you don't even see that people just like you know they said, man, forget Florida if it ain't uh, Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Um, so you know, but in that in that idea, um, and looking at all different places all across the world that are still having these challenges, especially with the variants, and time, I think time will tell the kind of impact of the variants and what it'll mean. Yeah, but yeah. you know. Uh, you know, as it stands, you know, the, the Britain variant, the South African variant, you know what I mean? Um, so I just really thought about, like, when, you you know, when the world opens up and you can travel, just like what were the impactful travel experiences that you've had, right? And it doesn't have to be like one, two, and three, but I just was thinking about, you know, one, how important travel is, especially for, like, young black and brown boys and girls, mm-hmm. Um Especially, and all of us again. Clearly, all of us don't live in the ghetto, as they said on Good Times. <laughs> so I ain't trying to press it like all of us live like in these abject poverty, in these abject impoverished conditions. But I do think sometimes it's just you know America does a really good job of framing itself as like God bless America, and no one else like type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just think about travel and think about the three. Three ones that I was just thinking about, and then I'd ask you yours. So I'll, I'll share mine. Um, and again, this is not in any order, 
more for the more for the unique experience that it presented to me and how it kind of allowed me to be different and or kind of like better after that, if you will. Um, and the first one, again, not in the order, but the first one was actually traveling to uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as, you know, young men, um, you know, we would we were going to Canada for a couple of years, um, you know, was in a relationship uh, up, in, up in Canada or whatever. Right. And so, you know, being in Pittsburgh is somewhere that's only four hours away from the border. Right. Or four and a half um, four and a half hours away. But you're literally going to another country. Right. Mm hmm. So that's, you know, there's not many places that you can say that. I know in, in, in the PDX you can say that too, but there's not many places in America you can say like you're four hours from another major metropolitan area, um, another global metropolitan area, actually. And so um, that experience, and the thing, you know, and please, you know, give me any your, your thoughts from our time there, but the biggest thing that I learned going to Toronto is that what it really means when you're American. Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes when you're not feeling like you benefit from America in its fullness, obviously, because of white supremacy and racism and sexism, patriarchy, all, you know, turbo capitalism, the whole bit. So you'd be thinking that you're so, like, not American and, and then you go places. And this was the infamous one I remember going into a store and we were just like yelling in the store. Yo, what you want? <laughs> Give me a bag of chips. Do this. Yeah, yeah, give me a drink too. And I just look, I remember looking at the cashier and she was like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you yelling? Why are you yelling? They must be from the States. What, the, what is such a problem that you're just yelling like this? What is wrong with y'all? And I just remember thinking, like, damn, they don't yell, they don't yell in the corner stores up here? Okay. Um, you know right. what I mean? Um, <laughs> All right, like, good. Like, um, and then another interesting thing that I hadn't seen. I mean, it's not distinctly a Canadian thing, but the whole idea of like, here's the dish. This is what you ordered. This is what you're eating. Mm. Because we're used, you know, we're so used to the customers right here but. that you go places and be like, so I want this meal that has peppers, eggplants, onions. You know, uh, mushrooms, but I don't want any peppers and eggplants and mushrooms. <laughs> I want to sub this. Um, can you actually cook this medium rare? Because I don't like it, it makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> and, and at some point, it's like, you just don't like that thing. Hey, then. Order something else. <laughs> order something else. Like, what are you doing to these people? And I remember they was like, no, we can't change the order. And I was like, but no, I just don't. They was like, we can't change the order. We'd like to get something else. Right. Like, uh, like, you know, we got some other things uh, on the menu. <laughs> right. Like we got some other things on the menu. But so, yeah, so I just really, for me, coming from coming from our experience in America and then engaging with, you know, uh, more of a global diaspora that you don't see in a lot of cities in America, New York, L.A., maybe Chicago, maybe, you know, you can debate certain cities accepted exceptions you know just this idea of like that and then the the other part of that and i'll stop here is 
you know, the coin, the thing I coined with nigga imperialism mm-hmm. um, from Rhapsody. Actually, interestingly enough, um, and the impact of Rhapsody on the, on the Toronto and Hamilton hip hop scene. And then, you know, in a lot of good ways, but also a lot of stuff that folks were getting across the border in messages that they were not getting prior because mm-hmm. they didn't have access to everything. They didn't have access to visuals. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and ideas that started to spread, not just into Canada, but globally about the black experience in America um, and how people often thought that you would be examples of that. So, um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, I add on to that particular experience um especially that first time going up because it was definitely like like this is sort of a place that i know but then it's totally not the place that i know like like it looks similar the buildings are not too much different you know what i'm saying when you're driving like in the hamilton it doesn't look all that much different than if you were in uh niagara on the u.s side or or buffalo when you go to buffalo Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? Not like terribly different. You know what I'm saying? Or something that looks akin to what you would you would you would expect. You know what I mean? And, but then it's like then you know, like people are a little different, and then there's other little aspects that are different. And then obviously you know you go into the Chinese Guyanese spot with the roti and the uh, you know what I'm yeah. saying and, and 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 fried rice, and 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 you kind of yeah. go like, this is interesting. I don't totally know what to do with this information. Because according to according right. to my American experience, you don't exist, right? But you're totally exactly. a person of of mixed Chinese, you know, probably African, you know what I'm saying, and and whatever have you of Guyana descent, who's now in a little shop in Hamilton. Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying, like it's like how did wait a minute, is this? You know what I'm saying? And my man, yeah, you know I mean, he was just living his life. He he wasn't trying to like, you know, impress nobody. He was just doing his thing. And that we was we was the weird, we was the, the oddballs. We was the ones that had never <laughs> had to think about that this existed before, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, and so then right. you then you then it puts into like, wait a minute. So you trying to tell me does other people have immigrated to those countries and mixed in with the population? <laughs> Hold right. up, man. Miss Johnson ain't Miss King, my third grade. Social studies teacher, teacher, she ain't never say nothing about none of that happening. You know what I'm saying? All I heard about immigrants was was Ellis Island and Europeans. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't heard nothing about yeah, no, no nobody leaving. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Eastern, you know, somewhere in China to go be a farmer in South America or Japan to be a farmer in South America or going from one Caribbean island to another place. You know what I'm saying? After, you know what I mean, like there's a whole other dialogue about where people is moving to, and then these people all ended up in Toronto. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, or in or in right. or the environs, you know, you know, surrounding, you know, Toronto, Hamilton, Toronto. yeah, Miami, what have you, and and so some of the, you know, and 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 it definitely was too. I mean, although you know the the concepts that we understand as as broadly Western racism still existed in Canada, it was not American racism. You know what I'm saying? It, it was not no. America. It was no. like. It had its own things no. happening. You know, it had its own preset, own structures, its own you know behaviors, and and the way it saw itself. And um, and you know, it's one of those things that then it, it just you know, and even uh, was that the, was that that was just, that wasn't the one where we we had the bugle corps experience with the with the man's at the border, was it? Or was that that was that was the second trip? 
That yeah, was that was second trip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll say that for another day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I wanted to laugh so hard when that man said that, but we'll say it again. Never say that, so you can get all the blow by blow, you know, for the for the listeners. Um, word up, word up. So I, I'll jump in with one for me. Um, then this is one of the ones that 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 came to my mind right, when you when you shared it with me as an idea. So the the all of the trips that I took uh, working. Um, in the Pathways to Freedom program with the Rose of Raymond Park Institute for Self-Development, um, you know, over three different summers, um, were super impactful for me. I mean, especially the first one, but all of them, because we didn't go to the same places every time, you know, but the first trip, you know, I went to, it was really one of the first times that I spent, you know, ample multiple days in the South in the form of Texas, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And then in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and then in Kansas, um, then in Kansas City. Um, and then the next year, getting to Memphis, getting to uh Alabama, and then Mississippi, going to Florida, going to the Bahamas, um, and the next year going to North Carolina, going back to Oklahoma, you know what I'm saying? Like there's this I mean, before and then since I've not had any trip where I spent that much time in the in in not just the South, but also kind of the South to Midwest bridge of things moving out of Detroit and then also yeah. going into Canada. So going over to driving, traveling to Toronto from Detroit, you know what I'm saying? That way, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and seeing the and, 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 and uh, seeing the farms of Ontario going to um, you know, a, a farm that was, uh, you know, owned by a black family that, you know I mean, you know, that their history that they got to Canada, you know, they escaped from slavery and started a farm in Ontario. And the family still owns this land. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was multiple trips, you know, you know, I was working and working with kids and teaching. Also for myself, right. it was like, I got to see a lot more of the United States, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And a lot more mm-hmm. uh, territory. I mean, it was, you know, some things that were not, you know, necessarily exciting, like that, you know, all, we all got all the same stores, you know what I'm saying? So as much as we may lament, you know, the current thing where, you know, in many ways, you know, Amazon and, and then probably Walmart as a second dominates most people's thinking of where to buy something from. I was driving around in that bus in the summers of 99, 2000, 2001 going, man, every time we stop, it's Best Buy, it's Walmart, it's Circuit City. It's, it's like the same 12 stores over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like these, you know, and that much more of the country is something that we would describe as suburban to semi-urban. And then, mm-hmm. you know, rural then is dense, you know, the hard urban jungle. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't ain't that many places in the in 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 aggregate, you know what I'm saying, that are this like wall to wall, you know, urban experience that we speak to sometimes. And and then also, yeah, you know I mean, like a lot of states, a lot of places are bigger than it looks on the map. <laughs> you know, like driving across Tennessee mm-hmm. takes a long time. <laughs> like going from the Rock Smoky Mountains to Memphis. Is not a like, oh man, we just get in the car like five hours, we'd be there any minute. You know what I'm saying? That it took all day on the bus. It was the whole day. We was riding. It was like, oh, where are we at? Can we eat something? You know what I'm saying? Uh staying in a military barracks, uh going to a uh seatbelt factory on a reservation in Tupelo, uh, Mississippi. You know 
know what I'm saying? Where they made the weavers, the, the American community there that they was weaving and they make seatbelts. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like, yo, this I didn't know nothing about this. I mean, it, it is stuff that I'd like to get back to. You know what I mean? But it just it just showed me how much of like how America works that I didn't really know. Right. I didn't have firsthand experience. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that it's really I think it's really good for people. I mean, it's big for Americans. I mean, it's good for us to get out of the country and it's also to get out into more of the country that you live in. You know what I'm saying? And I know mm. sometimes people are like, I don't want to go to them states and da da da. And I can dig it on certain levels. Like I understand, like, especially if you ain't got a plan, you know what I'm saying? Like, why am I here? <laughs> like, I ain't telling you to go to El Paso just on a whim. <laughs> like, I need somewhere to kick it for the weekend. So I'm gonna fly into El Paso and see what's cracking. Like, you might be disappointed, you know what I'm saying, from an entertainment perspective. But from a, all right, like, you know, Fort Bliss, uh, I think it was Fort Bliss. And you got like giant military base and you got a lot of uh, black soldiers. You know what I'm saying? And also, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Mexican soldiers. And I say Mexican specifically because sometimes folks, you know, people may not know this. Sometimes you can join the U.S. Army as a pathway to citizenship. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot different times. And, and currently, even the U.S. has even folks that don't have status, you know what I mean, or are trying to get, you know, uh, st- situated so they could be residents will join the U.S. military. You don't have to be a U.S. citizen to join the U.S. military in case y'all didn't know that. So, you know, y'all can go look that up. Um, you know, it was like understanding the way to because part of the, the ethos of the program, too, was around making sure folks who grew up, black folk kids who grew up in different parts of the country understood really how they're situated differently but also similarly, you know what I'm saying, um, even if they you know, by traveling together. So it would be kids from, from the South, kids from the Bahamas, kids from Canada, kids from Detroit area. I was with kids from Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? And it was just very, every every trip, you know what I'm saying? I learned a little something about myself. I learned that all y'all is liars when y'all start talking that dry heat nonsense. It's 116 degrees. It's not, there's nothing, there's nothing good about 116 degrees. Like, don't don't let these people lie to you. Maybe, oh, it's 109, but it's a dry heat. Yo, it's it's like being in an oven, dog. It's not cool. Go in the house, man. Why am I outside right now? Giant grasshoppers. Oklahoma's jumping out the bushes, and I'm staying outside in 111 degrees. I'm going back in the, in the hotel. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, you know, these sorts of concepts, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, people can uh, can... can could give you a different story when you ain't seen nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like my old joke that like you ain't never seen the ocean. You know what I'm saying? You out here trying to tell me about yeah. you know I me mean, how how I should should approach this young lady at the club. Like you ain't never seen the ocean, man. Like settle down. <laughs> shh, shh. You ain't been nowhere, man. Like how how you gonna tell me? So you know, um, and it, it's definitely something that from a programmatic perspective, if it wasn't so damn expensive, I would be all on board to find a way to replicate at scale. But I don't I have no idea how you could do that with like hundreds of kids every year because it, it had to be stupid expensive. Like, I don't, I don't know how expensive it was, but it had to be. Dude, we was in buses, you know, bus for three weeks, staying at hotels, staying at college campuses. I mean, the college campuses maybe was cheaper, but eating out, you know what I'm saying? Like every meal, because you can't really feed, you can't feed a group of 36. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't, you, you can't let like, us no. pick up some hot dogs, some burgers and Franks and <laughs> get a grill, get a little hibachi with them little grills with the charcoal and we'll make some burgers outside the side <laughs> of the road. Like you got to stop and get something to eat. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but the, the bigger thing was it was really, 
dope connecting dots and traveling and and then on those trips like i said we were studying you know black history and civil rights and this and that and native american history on two of the other trips so you know what i mean it was not it was like moving through the land and then talking about you know our people you know as it were more so than the, the primary american narrative um so it just made me much more comfortable and it gave me a good understanding if i had to travel which i later did drive cross country um but it also was like all right man like yeah it's like driving through missouri takes forever i don't know why but it takes forever it felt like to get from kansas city st louis you know what i mean and city of st louis someday i'm gonna come there and like stay overnight i've driven through the city of st louis like five times in my life i've never had the pleasure to like stay overnight and kick it i'm gonna do it one day though so one love to y'all so we got to get me uh i think we might have had it taped when uh me and niles devon's argument on uh is st louis (laughs) south uh you know we gotta we have a uh ongoing argument about the south and you know there's this weird thing between the south and the midwest or the Midwest areas that have been so influential to the South and received and taken people mm-hmm. from the South and they're positioned a certain way in yeah. America. But, um, um, the second place that I'll share um, is that was a really interesting thing for me was um, Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in, in Park City, Utah, particularly, but then Utah just kind of crossed the board. <laughs> And um, so, you know, for anyone here that's listening and doesn't know me, I'm not an outside type of person. (laughs) I like like outside, but I don't like outside like that. Like, some people like outside. Like, I'm, outside is okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? I have a a more of an appreciation for outside now because of the pandemic, (laughs) number one, Uh, because you can't go nowhere. And then two, because for running, like, you kind of you get an appreciation for outside. You got to go outside because now I hate running inside. That sucks. Um, the dead mill, <laughs> the you know what I'm saying, the treadmill shit. Uh, but so you know, so going to Utah. So you get to Utah, and then you have all these expectations, and some of the expectations you have of Utah are a thousand percent real, and you know some of the precepts that people have about what Utah looks like in Mormonism is also kind of real. Um, like the big grain elevators and the big grain things that they're holding for when, when the world ends. They're there. And they're full of grain. So just in case anyone ever thinks that that's not the case. Like, that's true. You know what I'm saying? There are huge grain containers full of grain for when the world ends, right? And they will have more grain than anybody else, I guarantee you. So if you're close to Utah, if the world ends, you might be in good shape for a minute. You can have bread forever. <laughs> um, so, but then it's like, and the thing about Salt Lake City in particular is that, you know, it's like totally like flat, flat, right? Like there are places that are flat, and then there's Salt Lake City. Mm. Like, you, it feels like you could look for... It's, it's flat like mm. Vegas is flat. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, like flat, flat. And so you're in this flat town, but then in some ways it feels much like California. Mm. Right? Like the, the street structure, the, 
you know, every block seems like it's residential, industrial, and a business corridor at the same time, which is definitely something that once you go past, like, Kansas City or something, that, like, everything becomes yeah. that. Like, wait, this street got a gas station, a car repair place, <laughs> a restaurant, and four houses. <laughs> and nobody sees nothing going on here. Like, it's just me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Why all next to each other? Maybe in the East Coast we got these like hotty toddy zoning rules, which often didn't benefit our people. But like, so anyway, then you leave and go like into the mountains, right? And so we leave and go into the mountains, and the next thing you know, I'm in the mountains with like coyotes <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Man, I never forget. I'm in the jaw, and we're in the cabin. And they're like, listen, if you hear the howling, don't go outside. They're coyotes. <laughs> what? Coyotes? <laughs> Man, what are you talking Like, what? Is this okay with all of y'all? It's coyotes outside that's close enough that you can be paranoid? I'm talking about, oh, like, yo, dog. But one thing I learned from that experience, and even though it's a resort, it's also like, it's a resort. But at the same time, you're in the woods. Like you're, yeah. you, you are not by no city. Yeah. Like don't confuse yeah. it. You can go down to the polo outlet if you want, but <laughs> you can go out you a beer. Um, down by the Sundance look where everything is like you know. Um, but you know, I actually gained another appreciation for outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't really have prior to going there um, and have become much more interested in the idea of how black folks engage the outside. Like, you know, um, again, going, owing to like this very urban thing and the, uh, you know, the identity of black people being urban, becoming dominant, Mm -hmm. which is not, it was, I mean, again, even to 60, 70 years ago, that wasn't the case, right? I mean, it was it was a shift, but it wasn't like everybody was right, in cities. Right. There were still people going to cities. There were people in small places. There were people, there were rural folks. There were, you know what I mean? Like, so, and there were people in smaller cities, right? Like, they weren't, like, big cities, but they were, you know. Um, so that was, like, a, a, a change. One interesting thing I'll share, too, Many folks who like to drink whiskey is an interesting thing. Um, they got the High West uh, Liquor Company out of Park City, Utah, one of some of the best whiskey, bourbons, different stuff. But it's an interesting thing. Like for every drink they pour, they put this, they put the container on the joint, and it goes directly to the taxes. So like they pour a drink, and like. You can only pour but so many drinks in a setting. Mm. So a lot of us are used to this idea that you could, if, if you was like, I want eight shots of blankety blank, right? You could theoretically get it. It's horrible for you, but you could theoretically get it. In Utah, if you, in Park City, if you want eight shots, you don't get eight shots. You get two shots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the state of Utah has has uh, helped you with your right, temperance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you are going to have to go somewhere else if you want right. two more shots. Because <laughs> the city, because the state of Utah has helped you mm. with your challenge. Um, so, but yeah, High West is, is a dope distillery. But um, 
Yeah, I was, you know, because again, when you're like in Pennsylvania, where it's like, just, there are no rules except the fact that, you know, you have uh, a 1970s Soviet style idea of selling liquor. <laughs> right? the, the only rule is you, you can't go buy a bottle of liquor at the seven o'clock on a Friday or whatever that damn time when you be like, wait, what time is it? Oh, shit. We can't. We can't yeah, get, yeah. We gotta go to a bar. And so, I, you, what's crazy is if you in Pittsburgh, if you're in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, then you're really even more privileged because there are places now that open till mm. ten, and there are stores that are like, yeah. So, like the 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 wine and spirits they created them to like be a higher end all store, right, all right, and they close at ten. They close at ten, and they have like all the liquor you would be looking for. But that's only if you're in literally East downtown, East Liberty, Pittsburgh, or downtown mm. Philadelphia. The rest of them is still fundamentally. It's just they changed it, but it's still the state store, baby. Nah, I just, I just, <laughs> state, I mean, you not know. you know, not to, not to, to, to reveal more than anybody needs to know about decisions that one may have made at different times in our life. Um, but I recall some um, entertainment events that we were, we were, we were organizing. And we needed to run to get over there before they closed at eight o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Or we wasn't gonna have no, uh, you know, no, 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 no spirits. <laughs> no, high, no high powered, no high powered uh, <laughs> alcohol for it. Yeah. No. So yeah. So uh, so Park City was, right. was that for me. So I was thinking about um one and 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 I, and I think I'm gonna go with this one and I don't and I always I kind of muddle the year but it, and and it's not really like somewhere totally different but the trip like the first trip we made one of the first trips we made together I th- I think I want to say it was summer in 95 cuz I thought we traveled to Pittsburgh and then we traveled from Pittsburgh to New York and I, but I, but but in my brain mm-hmm. Maybe it was, oh, it was 96. That's why. Because it was in the summer of 96. It was after 95. All right. And and that, you know, we rode the bus and we, and I, I still don't totally actually know how I packed and carried all of the things that I, you know, brought on the trip in a duffel bag. Like we went, remember we went to the Puerto Rican Day Parade. We was, we was going up for the Snow Prove. Oh. We was out. <laughs> yeah, we went to Hunter Street. Yeah, we was all Festival. over the place. That's right. We went to, I think we went and got some jeans. Um, or I got some jeans. Downtown. 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 We, did, we did. We went. We, we went down on Broadway. We like we Broadway. packed yes, in. I, I, we we went to sleep, but I feel like we didn't sleep that much. Like we packed in a ton of stuff. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Between like a Friday to to you know to the Sunday evening and whenever we and, and I still actually don't remember how we did. We take the bus back to Philly and somebody picked us up. Is that what we did? I don't actually remember how the hell we got yeah. out of New York. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Going to Penn Station. And and that trip, as as a young man, you know, I, I you know I advocate for young men, especially, you know I mean like to get out of wherever you live, like even if it's and 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 see someplace else, and and if you can see it, you know you know with the support of you know staying you know if you got a homie a partner somebody that's from there you can stay with. But see it somewhat outside of the context of just like what you would do already. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. stay. I think that's when. We, did we stay? Where did, where did we? Did we stay in the Bronx? We did. Um, was D in was the in Bronx? Bronx and, um, I think it was in the Bronx. Because we took the train back down from the Grand Concourse 
to somewhere. Then he was in the Bronx year. He was in the yeah. Bronx that year because he was in the Bronx 95 next year. Shout out to DT, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, like you know, there's those are like things if you like to some people, if you describe what like the what you're about to do, like I'm gonna take, I'm gonna put my my all my belongings in a duffel bag in a backpack. I'm gonna ride a bus, then I'm gonna get on a train, I'm gonna ride the subways up to 179th in the Grand Concourse. We're gonna walk through here, we're gonna put our stuff in. Then we're gonna go back <laughs> on the train and like go back to the village or somewhere, wherever the hell we went. We're gonna eat falafels, we're gonna get pizza, Joe's. Shout out to That's right, Joe's. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna go uptown. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna do all these things. Um, you know, like, like we didn't go like, you know, I mean, we didn't go like we all went to the tunnel. <laughs> like we didn't do no no glamorous, right, you know right. what I'm saying, activities. But we did see the city. Yeah, you know I mean, we built with the guys. You know what I'm saying? We 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 went everywhere you were supposed to go as a as a young person and young vibes in coming up for the show and prove and, and trying to pack in as much as you could pack in, you know what I'm saying, in a weekend. Um, you know, and mostly all, you know, on your feet and and and, and subway. And 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 honestly, literally, I think, you know, I, I don't think I between the tickets and the you know, Metro card or something else. I mean, I don't think I spent, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely bought some jeans I really couldn't afford in, in, in the broader context. Uh, yeah, they were nice too. They were, they were very nice jeans. Too. I had a credit card. It all worked out. You know what I'm saying? ATT Universal. One love y'all. My credit rating is straight now. You know what I'm saying? My credit rating is straight right now. You know what I'm saying? No love to the dude that was calling Waking Majestic up at our old apartment. You know what I'm saying? Now I was at work. You know what I'm saying? No love to that guy. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that trip was like, you know, it, it was evidence that you could, that I could make a decision about something I wanted to go see and do and just go do it. You know what I'm saying? And, and navigate all the things you have to navigate to move around on your own. You know, now maybe that ain't that complicated because it is in a country that I live in and the language that I speak granted. Great. But it's still, it still, you know, means something to go see, especially New York, one of our great American cities. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's all and it's still all kinds of stuff in New York. I still ain't been to the Schomburg since at least not as an adult. <laughs> like like I, I, every time I go, something happens, and I never get to go up there and just spend the time and 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 engage with that in in a full way that you should. There's you know there's things to go and be to see and to understand, and not just have this theoretical you know like because you can especially people that they from. People, when they speak on East Coast cities, especially, and they're not from those cities, they're like, oh, it's dirty there. You know, they're doing all that stuff. And I ain't saying that it's clean or it's not clean. But, you know, there's, there's bigger fish to fry right. than whether or not New York is dirty or clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's other stuff to see. You know what I'm saying? I think that's right. what we, I don't know if that's the one where we went to Royal Canadian and Niles got them big-ass pancakes and then immediately regretted that shit. Uh, and yeah. I loved him to death. <laughs> yeah, that was that was and them, them potatoes and that Royal Canadian pancake house, them big ass potatoes. Yo, until you just said that, I totally had forgot about Royal Canadian and them big ass <laughs> pancakes. There's <laughs> so much food on that plate, man. You know what I'm saying like uh, there's too much. Like who 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 makes food this way? You know what I'm saying? But it was, you know, it was a trip that in terms of, you know, what would proceed, what would follow that in terms of our own, you know, basically finding a way to travel and get around and do it, you know, sometimes that, you know, under, under $200, you know what I'm saying? Like make a move, mm-hmm. go see someplace else, you know what I'm saying? And have an experience. Um, you know, it was, it, it gave me the confidence 
know what I'm saying? And showed me like, yo, more or less, if I could jump on a bus, if I could jump on some modus of transport and get there, I can go, you know what I mean, scuff my boots in your city. You know what I'm saying? And and I, you know, so I always remember that trip finally. So that's number two for me. No, that's, um, it's, that's uh, and so the, the last one for me in this context is an interesting one. It's um, Geneva, Switzerland. And the thing about Geneva that was unique was like, so it's from an American context. The head of the United Nations is centered in New York City. So a global city, I mean, you could argue top five global cities in America, mm-hmm. in the world, right? Which is to your point, sometimes what we forget mm-hmm. about New York Absolutely. City. Like New York City, New York City has like six, I think either five or six yeah. Chinatowns. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it literally has five or six Chinatowns. Like, you know, again, but when you don't get out of Manhattan, you don't know that Queens has two or three Chinatowns. That Brooklyn has a Chinatown, right? So, so our understanding of New York sometimes we can neglect the fact it is a global capital. Um, and so also we have D.C., right, which is our country seat. And so D.C. is like this really interesting place with a whole bunch of brutal architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, no poor white people, which also makes D.C. Yeah, unique. Yeah, yeah. D.C. is one of the only cities in America. If I actually think it might be the only city in America that doesn't have poor white people. Yeah. yeah. Um, I ain't never seen no poor white <laughs> You've never seen poor white people. No, I mean they moved out. They all moved to Anacostia. They moved them um, to to Prince George's County in Montgomery County in the fifties to make way for black folks coming from uh, the south to Anacostia. And so they all moved and they disappeared. They took advantage of racial privilege and now they're not poor anymore. Yeah. Right. And so we don't think again if you juxtapose D.C. and Baltimore, Baltimore has a a a, a not insignificant number of working class white folks still in South Baltimore right, right, to this right. day um, by the docks and everything. So yeah. Wire season two for, <laughs> for, for our Wire fans. Um, but so anyway, so Geneva, Switzerland, when you think of it like, oh, this is where the UN is, it has none of that character. Like it is like a movie set that makes sense. It is like literally a place that only exists to suffice the United Nations. Because it's not even like the biggest city in Switzerland. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Um, So it doesn't even have like, and I think sometimes because we hear about it so much, we think it's like the biggest city in, in Switzerland, but it's not, right? So I think Bern, um, might be bigger um, than than uh, Gen- than Geneva, but Zurich is definitely so okay. Zurich, Zurich is twice the size of Geneva. Geneva only has two hundred thousand people. But like I said, when you're there, you're like, this is something totally structured for like the United Nations. So it uh, it has all this character, but no character. And that's not disrespectful to anybody from Geneva that's listening. But, like, 
it's totally it, it, but so it's like this place that has all this beauty beautiful views you know um but like it's definitely very french it's like french german and italian at the same time and i think that's also a big thing that american cities don't have except if you're on the the south or southwest which i think is important for people to think about cities that are totally influenced by other places right the closest we have is like miami hmm. right? right which is essentially like the north the northernmost south south american yeah. place <laughs> right you know what i'm saying like that's what miami is and then you have places like houston and, and phoenix right and to a degree los angeles but uh, geneva is different because it's like it's swiss but at the same time it's very french because that's a spoken mm-hmm. language right then at the same time it's still it's still it's italian because of the culture and even the the proximity of milan right but then it's german in how it works german mm-hmm. slash swiss right so when we think about like okay like the swiss things are on time yeah that's kind of like the german mm-hmm. influence because mm-hmm. the italians ain't nothing on time but the french ain't nothing on time <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They had they had this most complicated joke there to talk about how people see themselves mm-hmm. in Switzerland, but like that's not how they see themselves. Like they see themselves as like lovers, like the Italian cooks, like the French. Uh, you know, they they they're the mechanics, like the Germans. But then people are like, yeah, their foods like the English. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like like you, you're you're late, like the Italians. So. It, but so it was a unique place to me because I had to adjust even from having just been abroad, but abroad in a city like much like New York versus this kind of unique place where it's like people speak English because, again, the U.N. is there. Right, you see right, what I'm right. saying? So like that's why. But it's kind of like a French place. So I had to kind of learn to engage with the French, but at the same time, you could go get really good pizza. It was really beguiling. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going back. But, <laughs> but like, so don't, don't get none of what I said here messed up. But again, I think to, to the point of talking about Toronto and, and just some of these other things, we can often forget when places aren't like just one thing. Where I think the American experience is like everyone's come to America, but you're American, right? Versus cities like Miami, cities like LA, cities like San Francisco, right? Where the influence is so large that it's like, yeah, this place is this, but it's also kind of like this, right? Like San Francisco's kind of like the westernmost Asian place. Like you said, Miami's kind of like the northernmost South American <laughs> South American metropolis, right? Um Geneva felt like all of that wrapped in something and then you had to engage it so that's that's it because i um i definitely think like i mean i I would like to go to i've never been to to the eu and you know i'm saying i ain't been across the uh across the pond you know i'm saying and the the global pandemic trying to trying to put a black eye in the game you know i'm saying but we ain't gonna let them put a black eye in the game you know what I mean, as soon as soon we put this thing together, man, we be coming. You know what I'm saying? We out here. Out. Put my shine my shoes and all that. We got some fish and chips. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully it tastes good. We'll see. You know what I mean? But the uh like the idea of like 
what is happening in European cities, I think especially for most Americans, it's sort of like, I don't know, it's like it's clouded by, you know, these ideas of like, oh, it's like European nobles, Euro trash, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, nah. You know what I'm saying? And like, depending on how you feel about the UN, you're like, yeah, the UN, uh, global, global uh, network, they're trying to control America. Nah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but then it's like, well, I mean, you know, it might be some cool stuff over there, though. <laughs> like, it might be some things that are interesting. You know what I'm saying? It's a city. You know, these are cities that have been cities for a long time. The same way, you know, New York is a part of the United States. But, you know, before it was under the other forms of government or, you know, whatever have you that preceded the official existence of the United States. You know, New York was still a place where people were gathering. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it would have been a city either way. You know what I'm saying? London is, you know, been a city for like 2,000 years or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that, you know, right. the, the same way when we think about a Cairo, you know what I'm saying? Or, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's, you know, uh, various, you know, even places like, uh, what's place in Italy? Uh, Rome, you know Turin, uh, Milan. What's yeah. the name? Morocco. You know what I mean? Like, different places in the world. Yeah. You got places that have been cities for like thousands of years. Right. So when you perceive it as something, you know, like, well, what are they doing there? And it's like, well, you know, it, it's it, it obviously has grown and it's and in this modern age, but there might be things to learn there. So I'm I'm trying to get in. I was looking at the map, you know, what I mean, where Geneva is situated, and I could definitely see where it's like, okay, yeah, this is probably why I mean, even for Switzerland, like I see why y'all would put it here. Cause it's like sorta in Switzerland, and then it's kinda not in Switzerland. <laughs> no, that, that's like, what I'm saying. Pocket of Switzerland. So if you Swiss if you're the Swiss people and you don't, if at any point you're like, yo, I don't really want to talk to them people in Geneva, we just close the highway. <laughs> like, they, they stay. Yeah, no, I mean, that is totally like the drinks were all, I was drinking all spritzers from Italy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Negronis were the thing. Like, like it, it, that's what I'm saying. It was an interesting cultural, like, relationship of, like, Oh yeah, it's like in Geneva, like Switzerland. But then it's like, yo, you're right by France. You know what I mean? Um, and at the same time, you're only two, three hours from from Milan. You know, so it, it definitely is like a interesting culture. Whereas, like, if you were talking about more like uh, uh, Basel or Zurich, like there was a much more traditionally like kind of European deeper inside, like kind of closer to Germany, you know what I'm saying? Like that culture. So yeah, it, it definitely, you know, was like a thing of like, if I would have been there longer, I just would have caught the, caught the, the train to Lyon and you know what I'm saying? Like it did different stuff. So again, it's like this, uh, America doesn't really have them because a lot of American cities yeah. were based on mm-hmm. people like taking over yeah, and shit, right? right. It was trading posts and, 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 and had an active trading investment in, in dispossessing the ideas of the prior existing society. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I mean, we need to we want right. to take the names of the indigenous communities, but we don't want to act like the people was here trading at this same spot. You know what I'm saying? We gotta we gotta obfuscate whatever role they that world that actually was happening 
prior to you know america as it were united states as it were establishing itself we have to make the past look like it wasn't really there and then america existed <laughs> well and, and the only place i'll say to your point just that i think does that to a very weird effect in america mm-hmm. is new orleans because new orleans is like one of them places like you're there and it feels French, but you see the Spanish influence, obviously, you know, the indigenous influence, native influence, you see the African influence. And it's, you know, even that whole history of like, that's the French quarter and that's mm-hmm. the American quarter. So everyone talks about the French quarter, but they don't talk about the line between the French and the Americans. Mm-hmm. So the central business district of New Orleans is the American district. But we right. don't call it that anymore, right? Because because if we did, I think it would it would bring to bear the complexities of New Orleans, right? So it's easier for us just to ignore that and just call say, "Oh, that's the central business district." No, that's the that's where Americans did trading, and they met at a line and did trading on what's the name street? What's the uh, uh, I don't know. I I've had. The street that goes, the street that goes all. Uh, everybody Burbage? wants to come down. Uh, okay. I wasn't sure yeah. it was Bourbon Street. I was just <laughs> so 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 Bourbon. Yeah, no, so so Bourbon. Um, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like the border of that district. Um, where it's like it was the balance okay. of the trading post. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, but again, a lot of people don't necessarily kind of like know that. So it's kind of like you, it's just easier to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a, that's blankety blank. So, you know, just interesting canal rather, pardon me, canal, not Bourbon okay, Canal. Okay. Canal, you know what I'm saying, is the, is the separation. And even if you look on a map to this day, it'll separate and it'll go right to the central business district versus calling it the American district versus the French Quarter. Um, but again, that will give us complexities on how New Orleans developed. And I think sometimes we imp- we explicitly, by we meaning American history, explicitly tampers down the complexities of New Orleans. Like even the idea of the second generations of quote unquote slaves that came were walked down from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't they weren't from New Orleans because of the folks that were in New Orleans, a lot of the Africans that in New Orleans were free. Mm. Yeah. That first generation. Yeah. It was that second generation that were walked in a reverse migration. So anyway, not to get it, because that cause that actually just brings up the thing of how horrible of a job we do of telling yeah. American history for black people. You know what well, I mean? That, like but and, that, need, and also yeah, it's yeah. well. And this actually kind of tie into the place I was going to share about, um, in many ways, uh, you know, the idea that when we when we think of even our existence as black people, we will sometimes subscribe to the idea that we like bubbled out of the ether in us in a particular part of America. Like, <laughs> Philly. You just bubbled out of the ether in Philly. If you're from North Carolina, you just bubbled out of the, like you didn't. There wasn't no. You know what I mean, but the bottom line is, if you anybody that's from the Delta, you probably have relatives that go back to Virginia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If not, you, right. got, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like not a change with the directions and 
you know, not everybody, but if you from any, like, it's more than likely if you if you can crack the crack the veil, so to speak, you'll find that like, oh snap, actually my great you know whatever great grandparent was moved <laughs> from the the Mid Atlantic to New Orleans in the eighteen in the early eighteen hundreds. You know what I'm saying, or from uh, somewhere in the Caribbean in the early eighteen hundreds to New Orleans and Louisiana and then Texas. You know after that, so. Um, the place that I had the chance to go to, um, and this was young and, you know, around the same time frame as I was working for, um, you know, doing that summer work was, um, Martinique. And, um, you know, mm. so Martinique is a Caribbean Island. You know what I'm saying? It is a part of France. I believe I'm, I don't totally remember if it's considered like, you know, like a state of France. It's mainly when you go to Martinique, you are in France as far as the world is concerned yeah. or France is concerned. And the the aspects that were impactful for me about that particular trip was, um, I mean, one, it was nice. It was it was December in uh, two thousand two, um, and it was like you know cold, terrible. You were just describing certain conditions of of, of Pittsburgh winter. <laughs> it's no two yeah. inches, then you get a break. It's no two two more inches, and it's still cold, and then it's rain, sleet. And you know what I mean? And you're just like, ah. and then it was like, it's 80 degrees, and the sun's out, and there's you know you know maybe right. cloud, but it's like it's a tropical island. It's broadleaf plants, and and they and they got this good fish. And then I went over here, and then and I and I was trying to order. They made some weird. We had some weird pizza at the place. Now you know I, I'm saying we stayed at a resort. We stayed no. Yeah, you know I mean, it wasn't like I was in the gritty underbelly of the of the Fort de France. You know what I'm saying? But the right, thing right, landing right. was like the clear the clear blackness of what was going. Like like it's not a black people here. But these are black people. Like these are West Indian people. Like they make sense of you know they part of the French state, whatever. But these are people that look more like people that I know <laughs> than people that I don't know. Um, right. But it was it was just like we got to do a couple things. So there they had one of and I don't know if you remember there was a couple art pieces made. I think it was during the Clinton. It wasn't. I don't think Clinton was actually a part of it, but it was during the nineties. There was a, a monument built. With uh, statues looking back, you know, would be west, you know, east to Africa. Um, one of those was mm. down in it was in Martinique, and so there was a spot you go to okay. and like the stat. They had a thing, and like, I think I don't remember if the statues were submerged, or if they were on the thing, or there was something on the ground, and it was like there's these other things in the water. You know what I'm saying? And you know, acknowledging that you know the people that are here, like that history is a part of you know, why you know these people of African descent. I live in here, um, it, but it was definitely, it, it is definitely one of the things that I've experienced when I've had these opportunities to travel places that are, you know, maybe fairly nice for whatever reason, and the, the black and brown people there clearly recognize that, like, we don't see a lot of black people, Americans, come to these places, so they, they you know, one, first right. thing, I felt like they're sort of checking your temperature to see if you, if you, you know, if you, if you own one, basically, like, you know what I'm saying, like, oh, you know what I mean, huh? You know what I'm saying? But if you mellow, they're like, oh, oh, you, oh, my man, let me, let me put you down. Like, let me show you where the stuff is at. Let me, you know what I'm saying? So from, you know, getting out the plane and the brother that uh, drove us out to where we were staying, 
you know what I'm saying, uh, hitting us with like a little bottle. I still kept the bottle. I actually got the bottle to this day. I, I think I finally drunk the little bit of liqueur that was in it, but a little local liqueur. He's like, my friend, Drake, take this. You don't have anything when you come to Martinique, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Now, he may have been laying the full tourist mojo on me, but like you yeah, know, they yeah. I don't speak French, but you know, they're and, and their father they speaks French and says speak French, so they they hit him with a little bit of the French, you know what I'm saying? Let them know, you know what I'm saying? We could wheel a deal, you know what I mean? And it was like, you know, they they dug us, we had a good time. Homie drove us some other places too, you know what I'm saying? We went to like a it was like a restaurant one day, we went, we went for a hike like in the mountains on the volcano, and then we went to like a black owned uh restaurant in this valley, and like banana trees and stuff, it was amazing. It was and it was relaxing, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the people treated you know, treated us well and, and 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 you know, went to like I got some fish on the side of the road in the truck and like the ocean was there and it was black and brown people, black people, people who I would identify as black <laughs> everywhere. It was right, just right, right. like I was like, all right, I could dig this. Like I can't speak French, so I you know, definitely was a couple it was a couple tips and turns, like in Fort de France, so there's a lot of uh the cruise ships land, right? So there's definitely like there was certain elements where it's like, okay, I'm not going up that street. <laughs> I don't really know what's right, going right. on up that street. You know what I mean, like that's the that's that's where people live and just trying to make it. And you don't need to be up there acting like you don't. You know, I'm trying to meet the people. No, you don't need to make it. No, right, don't right. carry your ass back over to the duty free store. You know what I'm saying? But other, you know, we did a, we got the, we had to drive stick like the rental car was like a you know, something equivalent to like a Yugo and had a stick shift and we had to drive that drone all around the island. You know, had a good, you know, it was a beautiful trip that I was, you know, happy that I had, you know, the, it was fortunate, you know, to be able to participate. We went on a, we went on a sailboat, you know, with Fred, you know, it was Fred's Navy at that time. So I'm not on a sailboat with Fred in the Caribbean. You know what I'm saying? Staying alive. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got to go on the boat. Sometimes you got to do that. It's, that's just some relationship advice. Folks, if, <laughs> if your partner has a father that likes to sell boats, you might have to get on the boat. Let them know, you know what I'm saying, that you ain't afraid to get on the boat. You know what I mean? And right, right, right. Yeah. So create a relationship. No, that's no. I mean, I think that's again going back to this thing of why travel is so important for our people, so that we develop a global understanding. Right. Part of it, I think, that you touched on is like how do we develop a national mm-hmm. understanding? Which meaning that black folks in America all got different histories, and we, we and black and brown folks in the interplay, and we need to understand that, you know, like almost like very similar to how people might assume that black folks in Florida were former slaves, and generally they weren't. They were from the Bahamas, right? Like Luke and all them, they're from the Bahamas. <laughs> Yeah, Jamaican and Bahamian, right? So, but again, like you could have this idea into your point about you got family in the Delta and, you know, this idea of New Orleans and you think everybody was quote unquote down there. No, they were walked down Mm -hmm. there from Virginia, right? And so just that complexity, but then also what is the global complexity of blackness and the ways that blackness is engaged in different places? Um, uh, I'll finish here for me. The day I was leaving Geneva, I was sitting in um, a courtyard. And um, just as an aside, that Nas album that sounded kind of weird in America, the one he just he did with mm-hmm. Kanye, 
Listen to it in Europe. Sounds much better. <laughs> uh, like to me, it was like they did it to be in Europe, but it didn't make sense in America. But it doesn't make sense in Europe. Um, and I was watching like the guys from Togo, like fly their flag and play the drums, and mm. but then they had a barber shop with the all the haircuts, and one of the haircuts they had was like ludicrous with all these parts mm. in his hair, right? So it just made me realize there's like this global connectedness that sometimes we miss out on because our experience is presented as so central to the global experience that we miss everything else. And it's kind of tied to our dialogue about small acts, which I know we're going to get back to, but like it's tied to like the only experience that matters is black people in New York city or black people in LA. Like, no, there's a global black experience that you kind of get tapped into. So whether that is Toronto, whether that's Martinique, whether that's Geneva, whether that's London, whether that's Accra, like, you know, we should acknowledge that for, for what it is. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's the good place to close, you know, the conversation. I mean, my other thing I would just add is um, one, when outside opens up, I want to, I want to get out. I want to go, <laughs> go visit people. I want to get across the waters. Um, uh, and also though, like there is a, there, there, there are a few things that can help you get better perspective on where you're at, um, in a better way than not being where you're at and having to be somewhere else, like go somewhere else. <laughs> And, and 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 not you know don't don't lie to yourself don't go there and be like like say, I'm trying to learn get the gritty no just go to the place go to places that make sense see what you can see make connections you know understand it and then just take the best part like you don't have to go to Jamaica and then leave the resort and try to like hang out in the town and and you know like you know that might not be the best decision <laughs> you ain't got you know what I'm don't get hurt yeah you know what I'm saying? Don't but hurt. It, it's still okay to you know, to, to visit places, you know what I mean? And then if your work or what you do, you know, in one way or another professionally creates the opportunity to engage, you know, and, you know, nationally and then internationally, man, jump, jump on that opportunity. Don't, don't poo poo, you know what I'm saying? The importance of like going to that conference, you know what I'm saying? And, and connecting with people that, you know, in another city or whatever, or representing the, what you do in your city, yeah, you know I mean, because it it will, to me, I, as I see it, will may help you to, to 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 learn something, to understand something better, um, you know. And also, quite frankly, you might find out you 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 you've had enough, <laughs> and it's time to move on. <laughs> like, hey, you know where I'm going? Someplace else. I love these people. I love y'all. High five. One love, peace and streets. But I'm I'm going to move now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may realize that you had other options. Um, you know, then maybe how you may feel, you know, where you're at, you know what I mean? So with that, you know, anything else you're good at order? Right. No, with good, that, man. I say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. As always, you can support the show first by listening. Second, sharing with somebody, you know, that you think would enjoy what we do here. Um, and then third by rating, subscribing, uh, you know, if you want to financially contribute (laughs) to this work and making space for this work, you can become a patron on Patreon, uh, just search Ash Your Old Head and you'll find a picture of me 
somewhere out there in the interwebs and uh you know take it from there also you can um visit the etsy shop which needs a little refreshing um which will be coming in the spring um you know purchase a sweatshirt or a t-shirt uh, the art the culture uh you know piece and then um add on to that you know but most importantly man take whatever we talk about and find something of value for you uh that hopefully expands your understanding or helps you bridge to something that you you know have been trying to learn or you know there's always the opportunity you can send something right back you know i mean shoot us a message on twitter instagram anywhere just look for at justice Raji, at good brothers pod on instagram um but if you said justice Raji, just about anywhere you can shoot a message directly to me in the show notes there's a message number so you can feel free call and leave a verbal message you know what i'm saying we can hear your voice in any event man stay safe and uh you know don't take any wooden nickels <laughs> with that i say peace <laughs>